Hey everyone, this is Erin Harrigan, the Hustle with Heart Coach, welcoming you to the podcast that helps entrepreneurs align results with God's truth. My mission is to free you from the struggle of how to bridge faith and business as a God-centered entrepreneur and to equip you to pursue success God's way. When that happens, we experience the joy of building a fruitful business that honors Him and serves His people. So let's get started. Well, listeners, you are in for quite a treat today with our guest interview, Brian Dixon. Brian is an author of a new book called Start With Your People, and he believes that really serving your people, your team, your family, your supervisors, etc., is truly the key to success, and that ultimately serving others is exactly what God calls us to do. So sit back. Relax, get your pen and paper ready, because we've got some great lessons today from Brian Dixon. So good morning, everyone, and welcome back to the latest episode of the Hustle with Heart podcast. I'm really excited because we're continuing the Hustle with Heart interview series, and I have a very special guest with us today. I met Brian, it was God's defined. I mean, that's all I can say is Brian found me when he was doing a faith and business summit last year. I was honored to be a guest as part of that on a fantastic panel. And I'm so excited to have him as our guest. He is a man of Christ. He is a husband, a father, a coach, a speaker, a podcaster, an author. He has so much wisdom to share. We're going to unpack some really great topics for entrepreneurs today. Um, And with that, Brian, welcome. And I'd love for you to Tell our audience a little bit about you. Erin, thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm really honored to be here. You know, oh, there's so there's so many places that we could we could kind of dive in. Um, you know, what's coming to mind right now is just the idea that delight yourself in the Lord and He'll give you the desires of your heart. And I think that there's so many people, specifically women, because that's really who I work with, faith-based women who are messengers. So you want to write a book, you want to start your business, you want to have a little bit of income freedom, you want to be a good steward of that income and make an impact in in your community and in the world. And I think that there's something about desire that is like a, a dirty word. You know, we're afraid of that idea. But think about that, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. And that's really all I do is all I do is I just help you figure out what is that desire which generally is wanting to make an impact. And then how do you do that sustainably, which is making an income? And that's all I do. It's just help people make an impact and an income. And generally it's, it's reversed, right? So when you make an income, then you can continue to make an impact. So I come from nonprofit world. So I was in education for 14 years, seven years as a classroom teacher, seven years as a school administrator. At the peak of my career, I founded a charter school network so I was, you know, I was making six figures a year. I was running a five and a half million dollar budget and, you know, 30 full-time staff members. And I realized that, you know, I, my ladder was, um, was standing, uh, you know, was leaned up a, a, along the wrong, wrong building basically. <laughs> and I was, I was building something that, um, you know, I, I, I was excited about it for a while and then just realized, wait a second, there's something more uh, that God has for me and really leaning more into my faith and helping other authors and other people with messages get them out. And kind of my season in education was ending. And I, as I saw that, I, I just thought, you know, prayed, Lord, what, what do you have for me? Like, what's next? 
And I just couldn't shake that desire to write books and help other people get their message out. And, and I think that's where a lot of people maybe even listening are right now. It's like you, you, you have this kind of seed of a dream inside and, uh, and maybe you've never even told anybody. And that's kind of where I was. There were maybe two or three people I had told my wife and like a friend, and that's it, that I wanted to leave my job and to go be an author and help other authors. And so that's what I do now. I, call, I consider myself a clarity coach. So I help you figure out your audience, your message, and your products. Those are the three legs of the stool. Who is it that you serve? What do you teach them or how do you help them? And then what do you offer to them? How do you work with them specifically? Um, and so we, we can dive into all the different you know, transitions and then that and, and all that. But that's really what I do now is I just, I just help mostly faith-based female entrepreneurs figure out their audience, their message, and their products so they can grow their impacts and their income. And when you have that all in, in line, then you just show up. You just show up and serve. You show up and serve your audience really well. You show up and serve the people in your life really well. You make a huge income, which is incredible. And then also having a sustainable impact um, it's very, very rewarding. I love that. I love that. One of the things that I want to pull out of that is you were at this this inflection point, if you mm-hmm. will, where yeah. like you knew you wanted to make a change, but but sort of, Lord, what do you have for me? Yeah. And and that is a place that I think a lot of God centered entrepreneurs find themselves, and and they feel. For me, it was, you know, I'm a driver, I'm a striver, I'm an achiever. How do I stop long enough to surrender and allow the Lord to guide me? So can you talk a little bit about as you were praying that, what did you begin to see the Lord doing? How did you witness him starting to align what those desires were in your heart? Because I think Mm -hmm. some people think it's this voice from on high, but it's not. (laughs) Right. Yeah. God's in the whisper, right? You look at Elijah, right? Elijah runs away scared because he's going to get killed and, uh, or he thinks he is. And, and, you know, there's like, there's the fire and the hurricane, like there's just all these crazy things. And we just assume like God's going to speak in that. And then the verse just continues to say, but God was not in the fire. God was not in the mm-hmm. wind. God was not in the storm. And then the whisper, the, the still small voice. And, and, you know, I just believe God's already speaking. God, God is actually, I, you know, we can get into theological debate, but really, I, I just believe that the desire of your heart is p- implanted by God, that he formed you in your mother's womb, that, that you're his poem, right? You're, you're his masterpiece, and he's created you for such a time as this. And it's just a matter of like kind of shaking off some of the layers that we've put on ourselves in order to discover our purpose and what he has for us. And, you know, the exercise that, that I do, I, I work, I have a small group of guys I work with. I do this with my coaching clients as well, is, is just that one hour shift in the day. You take that last hour of the day, you know, usually for most people, it's like from 10 to 11 o'clock at night or from 11 to midnight. And you just, you go to bed one hour earlier and you take that and you tie that hour. You take that hour at night and you shift it to the morning. So if you normally wake up at six, you wake up at five, like you just, just do one hour shift and you take that hour and you just sit with an open Bible and an open journal and you just pray one prayer. It's very easy. It's just, Father, what do you have for me today? Mm. That's it. And I've been doing that since the summer. And uh, so it's, you know, we're recording this in March. So, you know, it's almost what, more than six months now. And every single day, Father, what do you have for me today? And often he'll say, like, 
go read this first. Or like this, this story will come to mind. You're like, what, where is that again? And then you go look it up in the Bible or somebody's somebody, um, you know, a, a relationship will come to mind and I'll kind of journal that out. Like, well, Lord, what do you have for me there? What do you have for me there? Okay. What's, what's that mean? What do you have for me? And I just keep asking that question, Lord, what do you have for me? And, and I think that's, that's what it means to get like really connected. If you look at the life of Christ, he kept getting away. Like he just kept leaving in the morning when it was still dark, right? When it was still dark, he got away and we're not doing that. And I think that's just one really simple discipline, simple practice for, especially as hard driving entrepreneurs who like set goals and set plans. The Bible is very big on setting goals and setting plans. Um, but what we do is surrender those plans to the Lord. It doesn't mean that we just wait, but it means that we say, Lord, what do you have for me? And, and like every day, Aaron, every single day, he's faithful, right? Yeah. He is faithful. And so he shows up and he goes, this is what you, we, we have today. And often it's like, I, I, you know, about 30 minutes into that, I call it my holy hour, about 30 minutes into my holy hour, I take out my calendar and I pray over the calendar mm. and it's just, okay, shift this, shift that, make sure you show up for this person. And it's just, it's just, it just becomes really clear. And then you just spend the day living out the calendar, just right. Planning your day and living it out and just showing up for people. And obviously being in tune with the spirit, just like praying and going, okay, as I go into this, Lord, what do you have for me in this meeting? What do you have for me as I'm speaking with Aaron right now? That one posture alone has really shifted my perspective. That's so beautiful because it's so simple. And I think that we get so caught up in, you know, the to-do list and I got to check this box and I have to do it this way. And this mm -hmm. is, it is a simple discipline that if we keep that commitment, yeah. it will grow our confidence and our trust in him. And then as we take the action and see where we, as, as my friend Jesse says, you know, show up where God is working, yeah. it is incredible the, the exponential result that he can create from that, just from mm -hmm. that simple shift in obedience. Yeah. Yeah. So beautiful. So I want to dig in. Um, so for those of you that have not checked out, this is Brian's new book, Start With Your People. It is fantastic. I've, I've been reading it and there's so many nuggets in here, but there are three things that I really, really want to pull out. The first one is um, about showing up and serving. Hmm. And you talk about how showing up and serving is really what leads to success. So can you, can you just unpack that a little bit for us? And, and what does that mean? And how does that really impact results and success? It's, it's everything. It's, it's, it's a mindset shift that, you know, you're not looking to be served, right? The son of man did not come to be served, but to serve. So it's very biblical. I know I'm talking my, my Christian ladies here, right? It's very biblical. So for example, um, two weeks ago, I, I went to a conference at my number one conference, social media marketing world, my number one conference in my industry, because I teach social media, I teach people how to grow their impact and income. And, and the way to do that, at least in 2020, is through social media. I've been attending this conference for five years. The first time I went five years ago, I went to be served. I paid $1,000 for the ticket. I paid probably $1,000 to get there and another $1,000 for the hotel. It was a big investment for me. And I went uh, with the posture of what's in it for me. You know, I went to every session I could. I tried to get into the secret parties from the secret, you know, from the vendors. And I went with a posture of like, serve me, teach me. And it was a few years ago that I really understood this concept of showing up and serving. And I changed my perspective this, this next year. The next year I went, 
I, I went with the posture of how can I help? Like just how, how can I help? What can I do to help? And over the course of the last couple of years, that has opened up relationships. So this last one that I just went to, I have a relationship with the founder of the conference. I have a relationship with the person who books the speakers of the conference. I email them every other month or so. I'm like, hey, I'm really excited for your conference coming up. Like, what can I do to serve you guys? And so this last conference was completely different. You would have thought I was on the team. You know, you would have thought I was a I was an employee of the company because I was leading the prayers, uh, you know, the prayer group that we had. And we w- did this like walking um uh, you know, prayer walk around the con- San Diego Convention Center. You know, the day before the conference happened, and then I handed out the the um, the song sheets at the little church service that they had, and then I I led five sessions, and then I had two meetup groups, and I hosted a breakfast, and all these things that I was doing came from the posture of what can I do to help. You know, what could I do to help? Well, you know, you could hand out these uh, song sheets. What can I do to help? Well, you know, we're we actually kind of want to have a meetup about this, but nobody will lead it. You know, what can I do to help? Well, we need somebody to MC this session. What can I do to help? Well, we need somebody to teach this session. And so that I believe no matter where you are in your career is the one question to ask, which is, can I help you with that? Or the way I like to ask it is like, what are you guys working through right now? You know, what are you working through? You know, we're really, because what happens is people know their problems. They know where they're stuck. So if you ask if you ask somebody in your industry, so the real practically, right? You're trying to get a book published, and you're like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna write a book proposal and I'm gonna send it out to 20 people. That's not the answer. The answer is figure out who somewhere in that process will be a relationship that you'll eventually have. So that's gonna be an agent or an editor or a fellow author who will need to write an endorsement. So you're going to have, this relationship will eventually exist because of course you're going to be a published author, right? Delight yourself in the Lord. He will give you the desires of your heart. Eventually you will be a published author. So living in that truth, who in that line of people you need to work with, can you show up and serve? So for example, let's pick an agent. Let's say you, you know, you, you take your favorite couple books and uh, you go to the acknowledgement section and you see who they think. And they think this one agent, this one agent, okay, my agent, Lisa Jackson from Alive Literary. Lisa just keeps getting thanked. Thank you, my agent, Lisa Jackson. Thank you, my agent, Lisa Jackson. You're like, how can I serve her? Because I'd like her to be my agent. And sending a letter saying, I want you to represent me is not serving her, right? And sending her your book proposal is not serving her. But what you can do is you can go to her website and you can and look around and go, oh, wow, you know, they... Um, they don't have a blog or they're spelling errors. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm sure Lisa's website's amazing, <laughs> but you know, or you look on their Instagram and you're like, wow, they haven't posted for a week or they haven't posted for two months. What can I do to show up and serve? And so that might mean following their Instagram account and liking their, liking their posts. That's it. Just liking their posts because that's actually serving people because with social media, that's part of the algorithm is to get the content out. Or commenting. Anytime she posts something on Instagram, you say, wow, that's awesome. How can I help you? That's great. Congratulations. You're sharing the post. Be a cheerleader for what they're trying to do. And what often happens is people go, okay, can I help you? Like you've been helping me for so long. Is there anything I can do to help you? I've, I've got countless stories of how that's worked in my life, but that's really just the posture. Yeah. It's just instead of showing up of like, what can I get? Show up with, hey, I've got some things to give. Are any of these valuable to you? Yeah. What was that shift? You talked about that first year going in as sort of what's in it for me. What happened Mm. leading up to that next year? 
Yeah, it, it was actually a, a point of desperation. Mm. Um, that, that conference that I went to, you know, I, um, I, I, I had this pretty successful career in, in education, you know, doing really well. I, I mean, it, I think most teachers that are in it for the kids that are really in it, you know, because they love kids and they want to see them grow, the dream is to start your own thing eventually, you know, like start your own school or at least create your own curriculum or like lead your own retreat. Like, and so that had always been sort of my dream is like one day I'll do my own thing. And I had that chance to start my own school, which is still around. It's now in its 11th year. It's called the Mentorship Academy. Um, and so I just, I, I had this amazing career and then I kind of got to a point where it's like, now it's time to transition. And then transitioning and, and becoming a, a marketing guy and, uh, and helping people with their books and stuff, it took about a year to get off the ground. And so I was about a year in and we had been Dave Ramsey, financial peace university coaches, you know, and out of debt and, you know, had savings and everything. And we burned through our savings. And, um, and I was in San Diego about to attend this conference for the first time. Um, and I got a call from my wife, and she said, you know, have you checked your bank? Have you checked our bank account? And my, my, like the, the little $20 upgrade, you know, on the, on the plane to do the exit row was the charge that went from debt free to now in debt. Uh, that, that was the first charge that I put on the credit card. And she saw, like, she knew that that was the moment that, uh oh, this business wasn't adding to the account. It was starting to take away from the account. And so there was in, in San Diego, going, I don't know how this thing is going to work out. So it was, it was this really weird moment of like being at this conference that I was so excited to be at and realizing this thing, I'm faking it. This thing is not working for me. And then flying home and, and just really kind of considering like, why isn't this working? And realizing that my posture had changed. Mm -hmm. You know, my posture had changed because my posture in education was always about, you know, getting there early, staying there late, emailing parents, showing up for the kids. Like it was easier to do as a teacher, I think, because you just, you know, you're a teacher and that's what teachers do. Like you just show up and you help people. That's what teachers are supposed to do. But for some reason I got a little bit of an ego, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that's what it is, right? Uh, Ryan Holiday says the ego, ego is the enemy. Like I like that idea. Like my ego, I mean, just really being authentic. I think that's what it was. I thought I was cool because I worked with some cool clients when I first started and, um, and I was getting in my own way. And so then I just started reaching out to people and saying like, hey, you know, I think you could have an online course. If you need some help with that, let me know, you know? And um, the, first, the first big client that like turned the thing around for me was I did it through LinkedIn. And I was kind of at this point of desperation of like Julie, my wife started talking about getting a new, uh, getting a job. Maybe she should go back in education. You know, this thing's not working. And, and I'm like, oh no, it's going to work. It's going to work. So I went on LinkedIn, and, which I've never used LinkedIn, but I went on LinkedIn and I just searched for like marketing manager. And in, in Charlotte, I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, and I searched marketing manager and I found like there's this long list, like LinkedIn is like the, a people directory. It's amazing. Right. And I found this list of people that were marketing managers and I sorted it by uh, company size and I just clicked their, their names and I sent a message and I said, you know, I, I create courses and I can help with your online learning because that was my background. And I said, you know, if you need help with that, just let me know. And I sent 20 messages 
right after I got back from San Diego. Cause I'm like, I don't know how to make money. Like, I don't know how to make this thing move. Right. And, um, so I sent 20 messages and then I thought, okay, well, that was dumb. That was a waste of time. And then I went back to whatever I was doing. And then I got a, um, a phone call on my cell phone and it was the marketing manager of, of, um, a fortune 500 company. There's only like four of them in Charlotte. Um, there's a pretty well-known company and, and he said, Hey, I got your LinkedIn message randomly. And I'd love, cause I just don't believe in anything random. Right. <laughs> but he's like, I got your, I got your message. And uh, I was wondering if you could come in. Cause we're actually trying to build some online courses and the person that was supposed to do it, like she just went on maternity leave and she's not going to be able to help us. Can you help us? I was like, yeah. He's I'm, when, you know, he's like, well, you know, we've, um, it was 1230 in the afternoon. He said, well, you know, I, I've got a thing at two, but maybe you could be here by one like within an hour, Aaron, within an hour. So I didn't even shave that day, you know, which is part of my mindset. Cause I wasn't even preparing for success, which is part of the problem at the time. So I shaved, showered, you know, drove over there. It was about 30 minutes away, showed up and, uh, I left with, with, uh, a, and a, a verbal agreement to do a course and their budget for the course was $10,000. And I ended up doing seven courses with them in about a year and a half. Oh my gosh. Isn't that crazy? That's the Lord. I mean, it's totally the Lord. No, and it's, and, 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 and as soon as the business was going by this time, we'd, I, after doing those courses, I had, I just had that, uh, that floor of income. Yeah. which I got to tell you, because I help people make money. That's really what I do is I help moms make money online. That's like my number one focus. Once you have a floor of income, it just gives you a little bit of confidence to kind of stand up a little straighter yeah. and people notice the posture change. And, and it was when I had this consistent income from this fortune 500 company that I could, I could approach more well-known authors and say, I build courses and I'm here to help you build your online course. If you need help with your online course, I can help you. Yeah. And that's really where people started saying yes to working with me because yeah. I had more of that. It's not arrogance, right? Yeah. It's just, it's this clarity and people are attracted to clarity. Yeah. And now that I was doing it for a Fortune 500 company, of course, a, a blogger with a you know $10,000 book advance would, would want to hire me because look at what the work I do. Like that was the little kick I needed in order to kind of, kind of, you know, be a little bit more confident. Yeah. I love that. I love it. Oh, such a good story. Um, Is that helpful? I went into no, it, detail. No, but... I think it's so helpful because yeah. I think people like they, they get in those places and, and they want to know like, well, how do you make that shift? How does it look different? You know, people yeah. ask me all the time, like, you're very different than you used to be. Like you used mm -hmm. to be like, I'm going for it. I'm going to get it done. But you yeah. were kind of scary. And now I feel like I want to have coffee with you because yeah. you're so calm and you just know exactly what you're doing and, and you stand in that. And I think right. knowing how that shift happens is important for people. So I yeah. appreciate that you dug into that. Um, so I want to get to the money mindset because I think that is such a big piece of being um, Christian entrepreneurs. But before we right. do that, I, uh, in your book, you mentioned this. I realized that what is obvious to me is magic to other people. Mm -hmm. So can you dig into that a little bit? Because I think that sometimes we think we have this desire in our heart, but would other people really want that? And it seems so simple and so logical to me, but it's something that no one else has. And therein lies the opportunity to serve. That's right. And I, I know for faith-based people, they the word magic kind of can be a little off-putting. That's the best one I found. And so if, if you have a better idea, send me a message on yeah, Instagram like and I'll yeah. call it something else. But I, I just believe each of us have 
our, our unique set of skills, gifts, talents, abilities, right? We're, we're all members of the body and we've all been given this, this certain role to, to perform, if you will. And you combine your education, your experience, your background, you know, your mess is your message. All the stuff you've been through, right? All the stuff you've been through has led you up to this moment. And all of that is a gift, even divorce, right? Even child dying of cancer, like really, really serious stuff is a gift for you to be shared with other people who have either hit that wall in their life or are about to hit that wall. And you have perspective. You've been given the gift of perspective um, to, be, to be shared with people. And, and here's the really interesting thing. All of that is obvious to you because it's your lived experience. I, I know what it's like to be a 41-year-old guy with three kids and a mortgage and a business and a team. I just It's my normal reality. But it's kind of weird to a lot of my peers. You know, my peers who have a job, who have a boss, who have a, you know, a a 401k through the company, like that's their normal, but my normal is different than their normal. And so one way to kind of phrase it is what's obvious to me, the way I see things and what I've learned and how I teach and all that, it's kind of obvious to me. And I really discount it. And I, and I, I'm even tempted to do this. I'm like, well, everybody knows, like, for example, um, like I've, I've leaned into the social media app called TikTok, yeah, which, yeah. right. There's 300 million 30 plus year olds on TikTok, 300 million. And my, my TikToks over the last month have had 20,000 views, 20,000 views on TikTok. And, and my, my audience that follows me is over 30. So it's not for 11 year old dancing girls, you know, <laughs> it's, it's for my people. Um, so it, but here's the thing I've been using for about six months. And so TikTok is now becoming obvious to me. That's what often happens. Once you start learning a skill, it becomes obvious to you, it becomes second nature is another way to say that second nature. So as I'm, as I'm like, I know how to load it. I know how to start, uh, I know how to create a new post. I know how to comment on other people's posts, all that kind of stuff. And I kind of discount it because it's obvious to me, but here's the thing. People that don't know what I know, it's like magic to them. And that's actually where the money is right there. So as an example, you know, we're, 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 we're kind of stuck inside right now. And so my wife um, was like, well, why don't you tell me about TikTok? Cause I've been talking about it for, for months, you know? And, uh, and I'm like, well, I showed her and she's like, oh, how did you, what, what, what's that button do? And what's that button do? It was magic. What I was showing her was magic. And here's the thing, you listening right now, there's something in your life that you know how to do because you put in 10,000 hours. You have learned how to do it over the last decade. Over the last decade, you've learned how to be a mom. You've learned how to set up those routines. You've learned how to write that, you know, that poem, how to study scripture, how to teach your kids, how to start the neighborhood thing. Like you've learned all these things. Now it's become obvious to you. And there are people in your life right now who need that, who don't know how to do that. We're actually seeing this right now with everybody having to stay home. Mm-hmm. I'm a former teacher. My wife's a former teacher. We know how to deal with our kids. We could be stuck in our house for a year and our kids are going to keep learning. They're probably going to learn more from us than they would if they go to school. But there's people freaking out about, uh, freaking out all around us going, I don't know what to teach my kids. We're just going to give them movies and chocolate all week. And th- don't do that. No, <laughs> obvious to me, 
is no, you have need a structure and a routine and you need goals and you need to check in with your kids, but magic to other people who aren't or aren't former teachers, right? With master's degrees. So you right now, you have something that you know how to do that other people would happily pay for because it took you 30 years to get to where you are and they'll pay for 30 minutes of coaching or 30 minutes of training to skip those 30 years of learning. Yeah. That's so beautiful. I was saying earlier to Brian for our listeners, and I say it a lot in my book, you know, letting my hindsight be your foresight. Yeah. Save somebody that time. And I love that. Okay, we're gonna dig into our last topic, which is money mindset. There's a there's a whole chapter in this book. Um, but I know that Brian, that you also do some courses on money yeah. mindset. And when I was on vacation in January in Jamaica, I tuned into a WebEx that you did about money mindset. And, and I was blown away because so many scriptures, right, that, that you were talking about. Right. So tell us why, why as Christian entrepreneurs do you think this is an issue for us? And how do we, how do we overcome that to see, as you say in the book, that, that money gives us options? Oh, so good. There, there's a lot of places that we can point in, in the Bible. I'm just going to focus in on Joseph right now. You look at you look at the the life of Joseph and all that he went through, right? Being uh, basically bullied and abused by his older brothers, being favored by his uh, um, by his dad, which which was actually a, a type of abuse if you really think about it. You know, you pick pick one of your kids and say, "This is my favorite one," and you know, here I'm gonna I'm gonna set him apart. Like that's that's the kind of abuse as well, if you think about it, um, because what's the natural consequence going to be? Everybody's going to hate the kid, you know? And then like all of the things he went to falsely accused by, by, uh, by Potiphar's wife and then thrown in prison and, and told that, you know, when he helped people with their dreams, they're going to get him out of prison and then they forgot, you know? And so he's stuck in jail. Like he's had like four or five really terrible things that happened to him, which weren't his fault at all. And that's you, right? We've all had these things that have happened to us, these injustices in a fallen world, injustice is all around us. It's part of the sinful nature of 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 where we are right now. And um and and yet God was preparing him for such a time as this, right? For that moment where he would rise up to authority and leadership in Egypt because God had given Pharaoh the dream that that the famine is coming. And and so everything that he learned and everything that he'd been through was ready for this moment. And knowing that the famine was coming, the answer was to prepare. And the answer was store, right? To store up the, um, the provisions to be able to weather the storm of the famine. And I think that's just such a great analogy for where so many of us are in our lives. You know, we, there's a famine coming. It just is. You know, you're, you have expenses that are coming up in the future. Um, the Bible talks so much about debt and how the borrower is slave to the lender. And we now live in an economy that's very debt-based that we are assuming, assuming that we're going to have money in the future. And Christ talks many times about like, woe to you who assume that, you know, you're going to go to this town and you're going to build this business or you're going to, you know, you're going to, you're going to make a tower and not even count the cost of it. Like there's so many examples in scripture about, having to prepare financially for things that are coming. And yet we live day to day, like day to day in our, in our society. And, and so that's really um, adopting a biblical mindset is about preparation. It's about good stewardship. It's about earning and it's about preparation. So I've just found so much wisdom when it comes to money 
the Bible's not allergic to money. The Bible talks about money a lot. You know, some some scholars have said that Christ talked about money more than any other topic. Mm-hmm. I haven't necessarily verified that, but he talks about money quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So imagine if Christians, to answer your question, imagine if Christians, Christian entrepreneurs were significantly wealthy, significantly wealthy. And what I mean by that is not, you know, how, however the world defines wealth. I don't mean it that way, but how Joseph defines wealth prepared for the famine, storehouses to be stewarded for the kingdom of God, right? Not, there is a verse that the people throw back at me and they're like, but Brian, we're not supposed to build up our storehouses. We're supposed to put our treasures in heaven. I agree with you. But if you look at, if the future is a debt and we and, and if we have debt, the debtor is slave to the lender, we need to be out of debt, which means the future. So having adequate savings, being prepared for the future expenses. The rich Christian, I'm just saying it, rich Christians, okay? If we were to have financial abundance as a Christian entrepreneur, a multi six-figure or seven-figure thriving business, what does that mean for the kingdom of darkness? It's a threat. It is a threat. If you had $100,000 extra in this next fiscal year, if your business were to grow at that point where you said, you know what, Lord, I don't, I don't need this. Like we've got things covered. This is amazing. What do you have for me? What do you have for me, Lord, with this hundred thousand dollars? Are you kidding me? You think that's selfish? That's not selfish at all. That's incredible what God can do with that money. And and there was this moment, this is where the whole money mindset thing came from. There was this moment a few years ago. This young woman, probably in her early 20s, was up in front of the congregation at my church. Her name's Madeline, and Madeline was saying, I want to be a full-time missionary in Germany. And, you know, I and she was kind of giving her pitch about being a missionary, which, first of all, why do we even make missionaries do this? Right. So she gets up, and I just felt this burden of like, oh, Brian, imagine, imagine if your business was at a point where you could just kind of anonymously walk up and just, I don't know how you do that with a check, but just anonymously write her check. And she's funded. And I, I looked at the math on it and it was around $35,000 for a year. And I thought, I looked at my previous week and the Netflix binging that I'd done, mm. and all the wasted time of watching all these political debates and all the news <laughs> analysis of all these things. And I went, wait a second, if I built my funnel, if I had one extra webinar, if I, if I hired that team member, if I built my systems a year ago, we could definitely be at a place where that 35K is extra to be used for advancing the kingdom. So that's why I'm so passionate about talking about money because money's opportunity. Money's a tool. And if you have the right tools, you can get the job done. So there you go. Where do you want to break that down? I just love it. I love it. So I want to close out our time here um, with a couple of things. Um, Number one, where can we find you? And I'm going to post all this in the show notes, but where do you want people to find you? Yeah, you know, I, I would say TikTok, but most people aren't using that right now. So <laughs> right. it's still coming. So Instagram. Okay. Instagram is a great place to start. Um, yeah. Send me a message on Instagram. You know, follow me. I'm just Brian J. Dixon over on Instagram. Send me a message. Let me know that you, you heard me on Aaron's show. Yeah. And any question that you have as a follow-up, it's a great place to start a conversation. For sure, for sure. Um, number two, I always, and before I thank you, I always end my interviews with this question. So describe Brian in three words. Oh, so good. 
you know, I'm an Enneagram three, so it's all about achievement, right? So, <laughs> um, but I, I, I think surrendered is the first word. Mm-hmm. I, I, w- I want to be a surrendered Christ follower because I think everything else flows from that. Yeah. Who I am in, as a husband, who I am as a dad, who I am as a business owner. If I'm a surrendered Christ follower, then everything else flows from that. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. So Brian, I just want to thank you. This has been such a pleasure. The time we've had together so much for our listeners to hear and learn and absorb. I really think we prayed before we started recording everybody. So we prayed the Holy Spirit would be present. And I believe that he was. Brian, thank you so much for being my guest today. Absolutely, Aaron. Thanks for having me. I cannot wait to hear what you all thought of that interview. Get down below in the show notes. Underneath of there is a place that you can comment. Get on over to our Success God's Way community on Facebook and chat up how you loved this interview. And please be sure to share this podcast with others because so many people can benefit from hearing from Brian's message. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of the Hustle with Heart podcast, helping entrepreneurs align results to God's truth. If you'd like to book me as a speaker for your organization, or you're looking for a coach to help you pursue success God's way, visit AaronHarrigan.com or connect with me on Facebook as the Hustle with Heart coach. Follow me on Instagram as Aaron Harrigan Entrepreneur and help us spread the word of Hustle with Heart by subscribing to this podcast, leaving us a review and sharing it with others.